Welcome to the Future Tech edition of the Finding Genius podcast. Forget frequently asked questions, forget common sense, common knowledge, or Googling for information. How about advice from a genius in their field instead? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are the geniuses of their profession. Richard has made it his life's mission to interview the geniuses of their fields in areas such as AI, 3D printing, quantum computing, blockchain and Bitcoin, and more. Don't miss out on amazing podcasts with geniuses. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and go to futuretech.findinggeniuspodcast.com and subscribe today. Welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and I have joining me today Tracy LaParulo. She is the founder and CEO at Untraceable. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to learn all about Untraceable. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of the scoop about what's going on? Sure. So uh, back in 2012, I got interested in blockchain and crypto. And about a year later, I started a company called Untraceable, where we did blockchain and crypto events uh, within within the crypto community. So I ran the first Bitcoin Expo in Canada and the first Ethereum event and hackathon in the world where we brought the original Ethereum team together down to Toronto. And since then, I've been doing, you know, dozens, I've, I've, been, I've organized dozens, traveled to about hundreds of different blockchain events around the world and I'll put a lot of focus on how to build the community, make it more inclusive, as well as uh, bring really what's the forefront and what's the new technologies coming out in the space. Wow, that's so exciting. And, and I really feel like, you're learning a lot as well by by bringing such of these minds together. Yeah, without a doubt. I remember when I first started, you know, it was definitely something new to me. It was just Bitcoin at the time. You know, the term blockchain or even other altcoins really wasn't as prominent. It was, it was all about Bitcoin. And as uh, being part of the event space has given me a really good network to know uh, quite a bit of the big influencers, the speakers, uh, just generally the community, whether it's sponsors or volunteers or you know, attendees that come to it. And so I've been able to make a really great network and really understand kind of the full landscape of the blockchain space because of it. So I've been very fortunate being in the event space. Yeah, it's, it's got to be it's got to be just a really interesting time to be in this event space too. So you guys provide management, marketing, technology. So walk us through, you know, a typical event that's coming up. So say someone wants to hold an event, you know, how do you, how do you guys help them with that? Yeah, for sure. So we have a, both a few different services that we provide. It really depends on the client we're working with. Uh, to give you some examples of, of clients in the past, we've worked with Andreas Antonopoulos and Michael Parkland. We help them do training conferences. So they bring in their program called C4, and we certify train everyone and actually give them a, a certification uh, to be a blockchain hmm. expert. Uh, and other examples, I've worked with Block Geeks um, and the L4 team where we do ETH events. So we're promoting and bringing uh, developers together so to build the Ethereum community up. I've also worked with a client called Polymath, where what we do is we brought together the security token space in Bahamas. Um, and so really what I do is I work with different leaders in the space to see really what their objectives are and how do we create a community around that. And so I never really like to think of events as event planning. It really is event marketing and community building. And so to understand 
you know, why do you want these people to come together? What are you trying to accomplish? And how do we also just make it really fun, really exciting, and really immersive for them? Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about some of your, your favorite past events and really what made them stand out. Yeah, for sure. I would say every single one's been a bit different. Every single one, they've been all different sizes, some really large-scale ones, a bit smaller. Um, I would say I would still, still have to go back to that first Bitcoin Expo where it really was a convergence of all these different people from around the world. It was the largest in the world at the time. And all these leaders that were there were there as enthusiasts, and now they've become these huge leaders in the space. And so that's really why we're we're planning our upcoming one, Blockchain Futures Conference, because of that, is to really bring back that big core team um, and the influencer leaders that were there at the 2014 Expo and really bring uh, Canada to the forefront. And what are some of like the unique challenges that you face when when working with these specific events in this specific field uh, that many people don't know about? For sure. Well, I think there's a really big problem right now in the event space because the community is growing. And so you have, I think, you know, two very obvious segments. One is people who are brand new to the space, who don't know about a wallet, who don't know about an exchange, who don't know about just, you know, simple security, and who are too afraid to ask. And then you have the other side that everyone's a pro when they're talking about, you know, really, really advanced things within the space. And so when it comes to an event, it's hard to tailor the programming just so that you can, you know, make sure everyone gets everything they want out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... Targeting people, whether it's security tokens or training, definitely helps, but then also really breaking down um, the education barriers when actually coming into the space. And you've got, you've got some of your, your, your favorite ones at like the very beginning. And so let's fast forward to now. Tell us a little bit about some upcoming ones that you have planned. Yeah, for sure. So on August 15th and 16th in Toronto, Canada, we'll be organizing Blockchain Futures Conference. And it's focused on the future of blockchain technology. So we're bringing in these big leaders, for example, Charles Hoskinson um, or Trevor Kaverka from Polymath, or we have Joseph Weinberg from Shift. And so they'll be doing different topics. For example, Shift will do one on the future of identity. Polymath will do it on the future of security tokens. We'll be having a big panel on the future of mining um, and how that's looking up and, you know, proof of stake versus proof of work. We're going to be doing some great panels on governance, so bringing in a libertarian, an anarchist, a regulator, someone a bit more pro-government to, to kind of duel it out. And we're bringing really forefronting, you know, there's dozens of Canadian companies in the city, uh, thousands of Canadians that are just enthusiastic about it. And really a lot of a lot of innovation has come out of Canada and reached a global audience. And so really just highlighting that in a really, really great time to be in Toronto, which is August. Oh, so it's up there in August. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think uh, people forget how beautiful Toronto can be in the summer. <laughs> um, so when you have an event and you have attendees who come, what are you finding is is the most attended portion of these conferences? Is it you know something that is immersive? Is it is it lectures? Is is it hands on activities? You know, what are you finding as an event? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of everything. I think. If the topics are structured properly and have add a lot of value and they are quite highly attended, if a lot of the talks are just pitches on what your product is and demos, then you can also definitely see the attendance drop. I think that the ultimately, though, people come to network, people come to see each other. A lot, a lot of the crypto community is very small, so they either catch up with old friends or here to make new networks and new connections. 
we have a lot of VIP events, and so we're bringing more investors and connecting to companies that are looking for funding. We find those to always be very highly, um, like, uh, have high attendance to them. And do you have any unique stories from, from conferences that you guys have, have hosted and put on? Any unique stories that, that, you, that really stood out to you as, as maybe a teaching or a learning experience? Unique? Like, a funny story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, any funny stories or just, you know, you were in a space, it was people who were really involved with the speaker and they learned something, they walked away and said, wow. So, okay, so, so I think one of the really unique experiences in my last conference, Polycom, so it was in Bar uh, Bahamas, and we had seven weeks to plan it. And so we decided, okay, let's do a security token conference because this is an up-and-coming topic, and we have a few people that have interest. And our goal was 150 people. And I would say just a few weeks before, we didn't even hit that. But within the last two weeks of the conference, we went up to 750 attendees. And so we had this huge, huge jump of the amount of people that just jumped on board, which really brought, like, opened my eyes in the sense of how fast the community can come together and how fast, if it is a hot topic with the right people and you kind of have the right formula, that a lot of people gather um, into one space. And it was in Bahamas, so very few people were actually local. Everyone had to fly in. And so it was, it was just a very eye-opening experience of how fast the crypto space moves. And when they see an opportunity, they jump on it, and, and you know, they'll cancel the plans the week, the week ahead of them just so they can be part of uh, not missing out. And so how, how big FOMO plays to the entire crypto community. In <laughs> it's quite interesting. <laughs> it's so funny that you yeah. say FOMO because that is, that is kind of true. I see, that, I see that in this industry as I'm following it just in my personal way is, is that you, you really can't follow it all the time because it's a 24-hour worldwide market. Everything is constantly changing. You're finding new things. Things are getting hacked. You know, you feel like you can't keep up because it's, there's so much happening. It's it's so true. And I feel like the longer you're in the space, the more you don't flinch anymore. So when I first, you know, <laughs> when I first got into the spaces, Mount Gox was all over the news, and it was very focused on what was happening back then. And people panic. People panic way more than they panic today. Uh, it was devastating. And so it's interesting. I feel like the longer the people are part of the space unless they flinch, because they just know it's a very resilient space, and it'll come back. I, lo I love that, that piece of advice. What, um, do you have any other really big things that you've learned by, by working in this space? I would say one of the biggest things I've learned is that the blockchain and crypto space, there's an opportunity for anyone to get involved. You know, I was quite young. I had pink hair. I was in a very male-dominated space. I worked with 40 men uh, in downtown Toronto. I was the only female, and so it, it was really... It was really eye-opening that, you know, I came in with a certain set of skills like event planning, like marketing, and I was able to make an impact in the space and uh, make such great connections. And so I think, you know, big feedback that I always give anybody that's trying to get into this space is that you don't have to be a developer. You don't have to be, you know, a um, huge financial analyst. You just you just have to have a skill set that you want to contribute, and the community is there to support it. Oh, some great some great points of advice and such a such a nice story to hear your side of, of kind of how you've been worked into this whole this whole industry. Thanks, thanks. It's it's been exciting. You know, I started with events, but it got me into working on wallets, it got me into working on exchanges. You know, I was uh I did the marking for polymath security tokens and so one thing leads to another and the space is so small that who knows where what you're gonna do and what you're gonna work on, but figure out what you can do right now to help impact this. And you know what sets what sets you guys apart from 
potential other people who are who are doing similar event planning for these technologies? For sure. I think there's, a, there's a quite a few. So before I ran Untraceable, I ran a company called Traceable. And so it's a professionally event. It was in the non-crypto space. And so I run professionally designed events, uh, done events up to 15,000 people. And so these are very high quality, uh, really thought out, immersive experiences. The event coming up in August has a $50 million sound and lighting stage. There's over a thousand LED screens around the venue, two floors and a cabana. And so these are really ones that are that are meant to be uh, immersive and meant to be experiential. And with a really low ticket price too. And so I find a lot of crypto events in the space are really here for a cash grab. They're really here to gouge people. Uh, a lot of these crypto events shouldn't be what the prices they are. Um, and so that's why we've always tried to keep our ticket low. We've tried to keep it at $400. We also have a community pass that's at $20 uh, because we want to make sure anybody in the space can come into it. We do have a VIP pass that is quite more expensive, but that's a bit tailored to a different audience. And so we want to make sure that we have a an event that you're able to get involved, um, whoever you are, and you don't have to feel like you're excluded because you can't afford a $2,000 ticket. So that's one piece of it. And the, and the other piece of it, like I said, is the fact that we're professionally designed events. I have a full team of 13, almost all female, and uh, we do events specifically in the crypto space, which is important because they have a very different mindset. You know, they're a bit more last minute. You got to stay on top of the trends and the hot topics. You can't just have every any type of speaker there because opinions actually really matter in the space. And and uh, so we really focus on the crypto community because it is so different than the real world. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I love hearing the passion in your voice about, about these events because this is something that you believe in. You believe in this industry of, of blockchain and cryptocurrency and this community. Totally. And and that inspires you to, to throw these amazing events for them just you know, out of sheer believe, believability in them. You know, you are believing in them. Absolutely. No, it's amazing. The people that I've met along the way have been so incredible. And like I said, the, it's a lot of these people who are huge, like, for example, the first blockchain event, I, uh, Ethereum event I, I hosted, we were just a bunch of hackers in the house. It was two days. It was pretty grimy. I think they didn't even have toilet paper for a piece of it. Like, it was just like a bunch of guys <laughs> in the house hacking away. And then now you go in and you look at who came out of that hackathon. It was the founder of Polymath, the founder of Cardano, the founder of Cosmos, the founder of Ethereum, like we had six or seven Ethereum founders. Like it was like all like 15 top coins were all there. And, you know, four or five years ago, we never thought it'd be like that today. And so I think it's so exciting when you even go to events today to think about who these people are today and who they're going to be in five years from now because the community is so small. And that's what makes it so exciting. That's why I love meeting new people because who knows they could be, you know, the next uh, the next Steve Jobs, the next inventor. And everyone, you know, again, I keep using the word passion, but you know, to be on the on the front lines of of blockchain and cryptocurrency, you have to be passionate because there's so many naysayers and so many people telling so you you can't do it. You know, and you get to be surrounded by these passionate, smart people. That's that's such a reward for you. Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't always like that. There's way more naysayers in the past. People for a while thought I was a bit crazy, <laughs> but now you know now it's a bit more mainstream, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that shift was? You know, you're you know you you got a lot of you got a lot of dirt before, and then now you're saying it's it's calming down a bit. What do you think was was the shift for these people? Well, I think I think the change from Bitcoin to blockchain was huge. You know, from an anonymous currency to just the technology, uh, and then all these positive positive PR stories about it. 
really what it came down to. I found there was a, there was years ago that there was there was a time that all the all the media was negative about it. Every time it was on the news, it was something um, negative for Bitcoin, and so I think it just more brainwashed society instead of people actually going to to learn a bit more about the technology behind it. And then just the audience growing and the evolution of it. The more people that are in the space, the more people in corporate, bank, banking, enterprise, um, I think she's really brought the reputation up. Because before, you would never, ever say you were part of banking. You were almost embarrassed. <laughs> so you're part Not of the traditional anymore. corporate world. Yeah, yeah. It was it was something that you came to the meetup in jeans and a hat. Like, you, you would have stood <laughs> up, sure. If you were, if you were a suit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love all these unique stories because that's really giving all of our listeners and myself such a such a nice unique perspective into into this world. Thanks. Thanks. It's been a it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Um so what are what's coming up? I mean, you have you have these conferences, aren't you have extras that you're going to be adding in like as the business grows in the next few years? Yeah, for sure. So we do about at least one a month. Uh, so we have Futures coming up in August uh, 15th, 16th. Just after that, we're doing Loyalty Live. Loyalty Live will be in Chicago. It's focused on the, the Loyalty Rewards Program in the blockchain. It'll be the first of its, of its kind in the world. We're also actually in Toronto in collaboration with our Futures Conference. We're running a blockchain uh, cloud and hosting conference, so focused on cloud and hosting, uh, sorry, blockchain and cloud space. And we're going to be doing a few more hackathons in the year, some advisories. And so we've got a lot of stuff on our docket. I'm also will be attending Barbados in a week from now to go to the SD20 Polymath um, Roundtable, which I'll also be hosting. So lots and lots of stuff ahead. Very exciting. And if people want to see the schedule, if they want to buy tickets, if they just want to follow Untraceable, what is the best way to connect? Sure. So futuristconference.com. So futurist, F-U-T-U-R-I-S-T, conference.com, or untraceableinc.com. Both both work. Fantastic. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and and sharing your excitement and giving us just a little bit of a a back-end look at, at what's happening behind the scenes and how far we truly have come. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is wonderful. You've been listening to the Future Tech Edition of the Finding Genius Podcast. This podcast is information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe today by going to futuretech.findinggeniuspodcast.com.